the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business 1440 KYCR. Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A truck bomb exploded at a busy security checkpoint in Somalia's capital today, killing at least 76 people. That includes many students. Officials say it was the deadliest attack in Mogadishu in recent memory. Authorities say about a dozen people were injured when a nitrogen line ruptured at the Beechcraft Aircraft Manufacturing Facility in Wichita, Kansas, causing part of the building to come down. We took care of 11 patients that were required to go to the hospital. Uh, as well as we took a look at four additional people who did not need to go to the hospital. There were originally, or early on, some rumors of a fatality. It looks like those rumors were false. And that is Hedgewood County Emergency Medical Director John Gallagher at a press conference on Wall Street Friday. Signs of life for the Dow of 24 points. Slow day for the NASDAQ, though. It was down by 15 points with the S&P 500 up a fraction. This is SRN News. Every day. The men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow. We always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. My mom's going to have a baby. She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. Uh, I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome to the shortest day of the year. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Is it the 21st, the the solstice? Yeah, I think the 21st is the winter uh, equinox or solstice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so the solstices are the summer and the winter, and the equinoxes are the fall and the spring, and so this is this is the the shortest day of the year. 
Um, my habit is by about uh, six forty-five to be sitting at the breakfast nook. My backyard um, is reasonably sized with a little shed out the back, and normally, normally I can see a, uh, I can see if I if I go to the other side of the table, I can see the sun come up. Uh, it's a great time, you know. Though December here, I sit that at that table at that time, and it is dark, and I'm not a fan of that. But it's also the Christmas season, and uh, we're of course really happy about that. And also, I am uh, I I have forgotten that we had this debate, and we have this debate every ten years. Is the end of the decade twenty nineteen, or is the end of the decade twenty twenty? No, it's nineteen. We had this discussion because we said. You know, 1999 was the end of the century. 2000 started the new century. So it has to be the same with the decades. So in the second hour of today's show, a reflection on, I think we'll start with this, because I want to do this week, what happened in the last decade. Not just doing the last few weeks or the next few weeks, uh, you know, or the next few months of of economic forecasting or economic news, but to actually think in a much longer time horizon. And my contention that I'll make in the next in the next segment is you could make a serious case for this might be the best decade we've ever had. How about that? When you're having when you're having uh, grumpy times with that uh, person at the uh, table on Christmas uh, Eve, who doesn't have the same political opinion you do, throw that on there. This was the best decade ever. What do you think of that? And that doesn't matter. I I hope you would be willing to make that argument on either side, regardless of what you think of the current proceedings. This is, by the way. An impeachment-free zone. I have nothing to say about it uh, that hasn't been said and wouldn't be said by, by for example, my colleagues uh, uh, Brad Carlson and Mitch Berg. Uh, I don't know if they're doing live shows this weekend, but if they are, uh, I'm sure they have opinions on them, and you could expect that. Wyatt, do you know the live schedule for the rest of the Narn this weekend? I know the Narn is live today. I'm not sure if it's Brad or Mitch, though, but there is a Narn show today for sure. All right. Good. Good. Well, my guess is if you want, if if you if you still got something you want to learn about impeachment, my guess is you can hear it from them because you you're not going to hear it here. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm I'm. It's not that I'm not interested. That's not what this show does. We're here to talk economics. We're here to talk about uh, finance. We're here to talk about, and we're actually going to talk a little bit of economics and sports today, based on an e- email I received from a from a friend this week who seems uh, exasperated with the twins and has hit what I think is the correct analysis. The correct analysis about, about, the, uh, about uh, the hot stove league as it applies to teams like Minnesota. Um, we'll, get to, we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, some economic news. Oh, yeah, and let's not forget, we still have to finish up uh, the Brexit story because guess what? They passed a withdrawal agreement yesterday. They actually did it. They are withdrawing from the EU on the 31st of January. That's exciting. We'll talk a little bit about that and and sort of the the un, what lays before them and how Boris kind of... He's already shown an ability to uh, zig when he's when he's zagging and zag when he's zigging, and uh, he's done it again with what happened here in the last forty-eight hours. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment, but let's just get to the general economic news of the week. The news was pretty good, led by the GDP report, of course, uh, that came out. The GDP report was uh, was the same but better. How about that? The same but better. How could that be? Here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440, we always focus on a number within the number. In the GDP report, the number within the number that we pay attention to is final is final sales of goods and services. In the third quarter, we got a number above 2%. It was actually, you know, it looked like a really really high number. But underneath it, we saw 
that that final sales was about 1%. That is, of the 2% growth we saw in Q3, half of it was because of inventories expanding. Now, I had thought that that was an indicator of a significantly smaller number. Uh, excuse me, that was quarter two. So my, my, my expectation was in quarter three that would lead to a significantly smaller number. So I was surprised to the positive side, whereas I thought the rate would be closer to 1.5%. We got to 2% and 2.1% on the second and third estimates, the third estimate coming out Thursday. But was the number within the number was that final sales figure was raised so that inventories were largely unchanged. When that happens, it's usually a pretty good indicator that businesses are assessing, forecasting demand properly and holding the inventories they want to hold. Inventory investment, which is actually lies, there's some really good discussion within Keynes's general theory about this written about 80 years ago. Um, there's some there's some really good analysis of inventory investment where it can be planned or could be unplanned. Planned inventory investment is investment. I'm buying more goods because I want to put them on the shelf because when I have more goods on the shelf, that helps with sales. I can better match demands of my consumers with with that inventory. My best story for that is I've got a friend that owns a boot uh, a boot store, sells lots of Western boots, sells some shoes. No, I do not wear boots, okay? I do not own a pair of cowboy boots. Um, I would own a pair of cowboy boots for about the length of time it took me to bring them from the store to the home. As soon as they came in the, into the home, my dear wife would look at me and say, those are not coming in. My friend owns a, owns a place. He has a small storefront maybe two times the size of an average office not much more there are boots on display there are a few shoes on display i see him because he carries shoes in width and i and i need my running shoes to be very narrow width and he's the only person i know in minnesota that sells them and luckily for me his place is about a mile from my office so i can get new i can get new running shoes anytime i want I guess I can order them online, but I like to support local businesses when I can, and, and I like to support this fella. His storeroom is four times the size of his storefront. His inventory, he argues, runs over 20,000 pairs of boots. If you come to his store, regardless of what your shoe size is, he's going to say, I have the boot you want in the size you need. And he, he emphasizes fitting shoes. He invests a ton of money into inventory and uses it as an advantage. And so he doesn't worry very much about having a large inventory. Other businesses want to have as minimal inventory as possible. What's happened over the last 20 years has been the attempt to try to control inventory because that's money you've spent that you haven't received back in sales yet, and they try to control it as much as they possibly can. My friend is an ex my friend the, the the boot salesman is an ex is, is an exception to that rule, but it's something he uses for his for his uh, uh, marketing purposes. I got the shoe I got the shoe I got the boot you want and the size you need. Um, and that is that is um, what's happening right now is people are investing in inventory. When in when people invest in inventory, it's usually because they think sales are coming. So businesses are indicating through this process that they believe that sales will continue. They're not dropping inventory. They're not putting things on sale. My friend, my friend who's with the boot store from time to time will look at his boots and look at his shoes and he'll say, I don't have any, that shoe is not selling. I'm going to put those particular shoes on sale. He calls me if the uh, running shoes I like, he's going to, he's got too many of, he says, I've got a few extra and they're in your size. 
I'm willing to sell them to you at a discounted price. I, I would buy them. Uh, so, so that is, that, but for the most part, the inventory investment has been strong. So that has happened. We had a good report from home builders that was positive. Personal income numbers went up, and I want and and here's the best number of the week. The best number of the week is a 5.7% year-over-year gain in private sector wages and salaries. Personal spending rose, just as you would would expect, four-tenths of percent month-over-month. The savings rate in the United States is a quite healthy 7.9%. Being somewhere in the seven to eights is pretty good. If you go back a decade ago when it felt like people were spending like sailors on shore leave, uh, that number was around three, three and a half percent. They're nearly at eight percent now. If you're spending, if you're saving eight to ten percent of your paycheck, you're probably doing pretty well. That savings rate has been has been fairly strong. The consumer has been has been doing well, and businesses are responding to that by. And indicates what I believe to be be a forecast i'm coming around the idea that 2020 could be actually a pretty darn good year we'll talk more about that right after this you are listening to the king banyan show on business 1440 Wally Langfellow, Eric Nelson, Minnesota Score Magazine, Minnesota Score Radio Time for the two-minute score. Well, Wally, uh, we are close to 2020, so I thought we would uh, crown our uh, Winter League World Series champion, and that would be the Chicago White Sox. I oh, know boy. it's dangerous to uh, you know get excited about a team in the offseason. You know that fully well because the Cleveland Browns were uh, anointed Super Bowl champs in April, and that hasn't quite worked out. They will miss the postseason <laughs> and not have a chance to uh, take that confetti shower but I like what the White Sox have done. Certainly Dallas Keuchel is going to be the, the front-line guy on a rotation with Lucas Giolito and Gio Gonzalez and Dylan Cease and other youngsters. They add Edwin Encarnacion. They've already got Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. They've got strength at the catching position. The White Sox really look like they are trying to win now. And you know what? I think they have a chance because the AL Central has been rather mediocre the last few years. The White Sox are all in. Well, and the Twins, who won the division, and the Indians, who finished second and who won the division the previous three years, have been sitting on their hands. They have really done very, very little to improve their team. Yeah, the Twins re-signed Sergio Romo. Yeah, they brought in Tyler Clippard, stole him off that vaunted Indians uh, bullpen. But they have not done much to try and improve their chances of win the Central Division. I like what the White Sox have done. The Indians, pretty much the same thing. They've made a couple of little moves here and there. They traded Kluber and got a couple of guys in exchange. But the White Sox have been the busy one. The Twins have been watching guys like Keuchel go by the way and Zach Wheeler go by the way and, of course, Garrett Cole, but they were never going to be in that sweepstakes. So all these guys have found new homes, but none of those new homes read one Twins way. The Twins way is to sit back and hope that some second- or third-rate free agent pans out. How about that? Uh, move over, Cubs. The White Sox are no longer the second team in the second city. Minnesota Score Radio, Saturdays at noon on AM fourteen four. I had never been a trader. I hadn't even really studied a whole lot. And so I was I was brand new to this. My name's Sam. I'm a student with OTA. Tell me why you decided to take classes from Online Trading Academy. I just was kind of at a crossroads. I wanted to uh, look for my next business opportunity, and uh, financial markets had always just kind of appealed to me. Actually, what's nice about everything here with OTA, they can teach you to trade with very small amounts of money uh, and really build everything up from the ground floor. So you really don't need a lot of money to get going with this. Really amazing instructors. How has Online Trading Academy changed your life? I'm a little bit more in control of my destiny going forward. I'm not quite as worried about contract to contract to know that I have some other sources of income. Call today for a free investing class at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
So whenever I hear this song, King Bang and Show Business 1440, I used to hear my son as a teenager just walk around the house singing this song softly to himself and from time to time acting like he's skating. Is It's not, it's not a normal thing, but it's... It's what teenagers sometimes do, and it always puts a smile on my face because every time I hear the song now played anywhere, I have uh, I have that thought of of that goofy kid, now a thirty five year old and uh, and doing great. Uh, lives lives here in the community, so um, so we're, we we get to see the grandson whenever we want. So when people say, "Are you going away for for Christmas?" It's like, why, why? I got the best thing in the world just hanging out right here. Just just. I get to walk over, dump a bunch of gifts on their floor, and then say, okay, you clean them up. Awesome! 651-289-4477, the number to call. Questions, comments, King Bianion Show. For, business 1440, 651-289-4477. Or hit us at, on Twitter at pound KBRS, pound KBRS, or follow, follow me at Banyan Show uh, if you're interested in that. Um, so... Good week on the on particularly on the consumer front on manufacturing side not as good. The manufacturing sector is still is still moving in a, in a negative direction. You had bad reports from the Philly Fed, the New York Fed, the Kansas City Fed. The biggest the biggest one that I that I'm looking at is um, is is the Cass Freights Shipment Index. I love their I love their language. It's down three point three percent. Now the freight index is basically volume of of physical goods being shipped by truck or train or ship. Twelve months in a row of decline. So on the manufacturing side, not doing so well. Um, most of the information most of the information that's out there has been negative. Although I will. I should point out that both the uh, both the services and manufacturing PMIs for this month came out this past week, and they were they were a little bit they were a little bit positive on services, a little bit down one tenth of percent on on the manufacturing side, um, and this is from Market, uh, which does the which does the uh, survey. Although increases in new business remain historically muted, the rate of expansion quickened, with companies indicating the fastest rate of new order growth for five months. On manufacturing, output in new orders did ease, but is off the recent lows. There was a rise in hiring, and, quote, output expectations improved to their strongest since June. In most of the analysis I've I've done over the last few weeks, and I gave... I want to say four talks in the last two weeks discussing economics as people are trying to get their end of year uh, and and start their planning for 2020 and they'll invite somebody like me in to come talk about what do I see coming ahead. I usually want to start with what just happened. And what just happened really was, particularly mid-year, if you read the manufacturing data, if you go back and listen to our podcast on TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, you would have, you would be able to find me saying that I thought the manufacturing sector was definitely in recession, and that my concern was that it would pull the service sector with it, and then the economy would tip over in 2020. I am less concerned about that right now. I about three months ago said I can't see a recession happening in the first half of 2020. If you if you want to think about the politics of that for a second, most people's notions of where the economy is lag where the economy actually is by about three to six months. So if you don't see a recession starting within the first half of 2020, it's likely that in November, during the election season, voters will not see it either. I'm not quite ready to take third quarter off the table, but I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close to that. I, I, I'm actually waiting for like two more bits of information that will come right at the beginning of uh, beginning of the new year. That's why my I usually don't do my forecast show until 
uh, mid-January, but because of travel issues, I probably will do it next week and just do the best I can through that. Uh, we will be here live next week. I am traveling during the during the first weekend of January, and we'll we'll have a best of show for you then. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that that this most recent information on manufacturing, if it holds up another month, probably puts a recession in 2020 off the table. The Wall Street Journal survey of economists, which came out uh, early last week indicates that that mo- that basically one and a half to two percent gdp growth throughout 2020 about where we are right now okay so it's like growth but slower seems to be the watchword i think it's gonna be growth and right at least for the first half growth like what we have right now i have yet to see anything that tells me anything other than q4 could be slower than where we are right at this moment. Unless you really want to hang your hat on 1.8 is slower than 2.0. Yes, it is. But say hello to my good friend measurement error. And and start to think about that. I just don't see I just don't see that really being an issue. So you look around and you say, what's going to happen? Uncertainty? Yeah, sure. And then we'll talk about that much more next week. I'm going to save my discussion about the trade deal probably until next week as well because I'm still looking for additional information on when signing of the phase 1 agreement is. I don't it's beginning to look like we'll not see the text until they sign it. So there's some but who knows maybe some information will get put out this week that we could use when we think about a forecast for next week. Brexit got solved. Indeed. You know what? Why why don't we play that right now? Let's talk about Brexit for a moment. Uh, We've had a caller already, uh, you know, want us to proclaim the good news. The Brexit deal is done. It passed by 120-some votes in Parliament yesterday. And this was Boris Johnson on the floor introducing the bill to the new Parliament. Had it just been installed and seated and greeted with the Queen's speech on Thursday. So on Friday morning, probably while we were still sleeping, this is Boris Johnson on the floor of Parliament. That is the moment as we leave the European Union to reunite our country and allow the warmth and natural affection that we all share for our European neighbours to find renewed expression in one great new national project of building a deep, special and democratically accountable partnership with those nations we are proud to call our closest friends. The bill ensures that the implementation period must end on the 31st of December next year with no possibility of an extension. And it paves the way for a new agreement on our future relationship with our European neighbours based on an ambitious free trade agreement. Our aim is to provide a close friendship between sovereign equals, to promote our common interests, inspired by pride in our European heritage and civilization. I am absolutely determined that this great project will not be the project of one government or one party, but of the British nation as a whole. So Parliament, so Parliament, as I have said, will be kept fully informed about the progress of these negotiations. So, so they voted, it's passed. What, what does this mean? It means two things. First of all, they will officially withdraw from the from the uh, European Union on the 31st of January. There's now there's now no likelihood that they will do that. That they will back off. That there will be any extension on that level. So all the conversation now has turned to what happens next. And what happens next is they need to negotiate. What will the trade agreement look like between the EU and the UK? Now, you've heard said from them over the last three years, those who have promoted the leaving of the United Kingdom from the EU, that if nothing, if no deal is made, we'll fall back on the rules of the World Trade Organization. The EU, of course, doesn't want that. And part of what has happened with, interestingly, the support of the United States has been an emasculation of the World Trade Organization, the WTO which which judges those rules 
because there's not enough people been appointed to the court of uh, the court of appeals of the of the World Trade Organization for it to function. And the reason they're not there is the United States is supposed to put people onto the WTO court, and it has chosen not to because the United States doesn't want to live with the WTO. It doesn't want. It would prefer it not to exist. The the current administration. And so the UK can't sort of say, well, we'll live with WTO rules. There aren't going to be WTO rules. There's at least there are going to be no enforcement mechanism for WTO. So that's going to be an issue. And the, U- and the European Union plays a lot of hardball. But I, I think it's in their interest to make a deal. And I think a deal will be made. Please do not, do not uh, listen too closely to the people saying, well, and I, I hear people say, well, Trump's going to put uh, Mnuchin and Pompeo and Lighthizer on a plane. They'll go to London, and we'll have a new a new free trade zone between the U.S. and the U.K., you know, like that. Look, if you've been watching the China thing, if you've been watching USMCA, haven't you learned by now that there's no such thing as a quick free trade deal? There is a quick free trade deal, but it's not a deal. It's a unilateral action. Any government could decide tomorrow, you know what, we're just not going to have tariffs. We're just not going to be bothered collecting them. Okay? Ollie, ollie, urchins free. Bring all your goods here. We're going to be fine. Just bring them over. Sell them to our people at whatever price our, our citizens are willing to buy them at. U.S. companies, you can just, or U.K. companies, make good stuff. People will buy it. Of course, that's not going to happen. A free trade deal is not free trade. A free trade deal is a deal which manages trade. And you might like managed trade. And I might have to live with the fact that some trade is going to be managed no matter what. And national security issues are a reason why I might be okay with that. But please spare me the language that you would call it free trade. It's not. But the European, but uh, the UK has definitely listened to its election. It got off the dime. It passed the withdrawal agreement, which is a big piece of big piece of the puzzle. But there's a lot more work to do. And believe me, we'll be talking about the UK and Brexit a lot more in 2020. We'll be back after this. We're going to change the subject, and we're going to talk about the fact that that we're going to talk about the fact that sometimes maybe this state of Minnesota does things to shoot itself in the foot even when it comes to its sports teams. We'll be back right after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Silent night, holy... Hey, have you heard about the Arctic Spa's Spa Boy? No, tell me about it, eh? It's a salt system that monitors itself and chlorinates when the sanitation is low in your hot tub or swim spa. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked a lot with the other guys. they got salt systems, too, eh? Yeah, but no other spa company can offer anything like Spa Boy. By monitoring itself, the chlorine can be lower all the time, so our Minnesota skin doesn't have to be all dried out by the chlorine. Oh, yeah. Well, the missus will sure like that, eh? Yeah, it's insulated better than any other hot tub in the industry, too. It keeps your critters out. It's got a five-day freeze guarantee. It's the number one replacement spa in the industry. Oh, that's a pretty big statement, eh? So that must mean that people who buy another tub usually end up buying an Arctic, eh? It's a pretty great hot tub. Plus, with the Spa Boy salt system, you save lots of money on skin lotion, too, Oh, eh? you're always thinking, dude. Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today and see what makes the Arctic so great for Minnesota climates. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com. If you are experiencing hair loss, let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair, and they can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. 
Prices you can afford. Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. Check out INeedMoreHair.com. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. All right. There's some nonsense up with which I will not put. Don? Don reaches out to us on Twitter to insist that decades start with one. Using a Farmer's Almanac link and... and... An elevator statement. Where does the elevator start? And he and the article from Farmer's Almanac says elevators always stop start with the first floor. No. Many elevators around the world start with G for ground. And in many countries, ground floor is indicated by zero, not one. The first floor is the first floor above the ground. All right. I insist. I insist. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can call me. 651-289-4477. I will tolerate little room on this question. We did not celebrate the new millennium in 2001. I was there. (laughs) I can remember what we did. Not having it. Not having it. All right. 651-289-4477. Are you celebrating the end of the decade this December 31st or next December 31st? Let me suggest if you do it December 31st next year. There's going to be a lot of blank stares, and you might be having a very lonely New Year's Eve. All right, so we seldom do sports on this show, and when we do sports, we typically prefer to do sports that have an economics focus to it. As people who listen to the show know, uh, if you've listened to the show for a long time, um, I spend a lot of time thinking about how governments um, build major palaces to their sports teams. Um, When I was in the legislature, as the show intro notes, I'm a former state legislator, I was there for the vote on the Viking Stadium bill. Um, I'm quite, I would say, uh, I'm quite associated with the group that uh, opposed the building of the stadium. And... um, to this day, I have not stepped foot in U.S. Bank Stadium and have no intention of doing so. My my thought is there might be still somebody there that remembers my opposition and want to come up to me to say, oh, what are you doing here? And I'm not going to give them that satisfaction. But I was talking with Wyatt before the show, and, and Wyatt is a sports fan. Um, I'm a sports fan. I love baseball. Wyatt loves baseball. So I receive an email from a friend of mine, a blogger. Um, He hasn't done the story on his blog yet, and I'm going to let him have the fun with it. Uh, Linking to a piece on Twins Daily 
about about making a mega deal for the Twins and basically saying that the Twins blew it last season by not trading away some of their some of their youth to get a frontline pitcher that could have led them deeper into the playoffs than they had. The Twins, of course, have this winter been associated with many free agents uh, who have ended up signing elsewhere. And... Um, and, and my friend writes this, and Wyatt, I haven't read this to you yet, but I'm just going to ask you to, be, you're welcome to chip in and, and reflect on that. I'm just going to read the first paragraph. Of, uh, well, I'll read the first two paragraphs. Whether we're talking about this deal or signing a free agent top of the rotation pitcher, there's something we haven't discussed. When Wheeler signed with the Phillies, he signed with a team in a state with a mar- top marginal tax rate of 3.07%. When Madison Bumgarner signed with the Diamondbacks, he signed with a team playing in another low-tax state. Obviously, Garrett Cole signed in a high-tax state, but the Yankees' revenue stream outdistances everyone except the Dodgers. The Twins either have to develop an ace or they'll have to trade for one. Even then, they won't be able to keep them long because they'll demand such a huge contract it will send them packing. Wyatt, what do you... It, okay, the top tax rate that has to be paid by a by a by a Twins player is is at nine percent for state taxes. They're going to pay thirty seven percent on most of their income from to federal, plus another three plus percent in the um, in in Social Security, Medicare, basically taxes. But then you'd have to add, then you top up another nine percent if this if a if a, a player signs in Texas. There's no income tax in Texas. Do you think the taxes in Minnesota are keeping the Twins from signing a good pitcher? You know, it's it's interesting that, that you bring that up. That's an interesting point to me because that's something I don't think a lot of people would even consider. I think a lot of people look at it from a different standpoint and say, who wants to come to Minnesota and play in cold weather with a team that's small smaller market? Because like you said, the revenue of the Yankees is unmatched unmatched so i mean nine percent is a big number but at the same time it's nine percent of millions if you're going for for a big time pitcher i don't think that is what's keeping guys away i think it's more of just the appeal in general of why come and play for the minnesota twins yeah so you don't you think it's just the fact that the twins are the the twins are just not a very popular team, right? I think, and, yeah, I think it's more of if you look at the Twins, there's not a ton of big name players, uh, and and you have to start by getting one. And once you get one, then it becomes a little bit easier to start to lure these guys in. So, like you said, you can develop them, or you have to go out and be willing to pay the money to get one. Right. Once you pay it to them when their contract comes up and they negotiate with any team. Do you think they might be more willing to hop to a team in Texas or Florida where they don't have to pay t- any income tax? You're saying after the fact that they've been with the Twins? Yeah, after they've been with the Twins, are they likely to jump ship? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, okay. That I think that's true. Now, it's different. In, it, so what happens in baseball is, and here's the, here's the, here's the a little understanding of accounting helps here. And if I have accountants listening who want to chime in, 651-289-4477, when you play baseball, professional baseball at the major league level, you're going to play in different states, 81 games in other states, 81 games in, in Minnesota. You're going to get taxed only the at, 80, at that 9% number on the 81 games you play at Target Field. You pay in the other states the rate at which that state comes because your, your, your place of work is different when you go, so when you go play in new play against the Yankees your your annual three games against the Yankees you're paying income tax to the to the state of New York and to the city of New York which has a city has city income tax which is higher it makes you wonder then why the heck would Garrett Cole go there yes they have deep pockets they could basically pay the taxes for him but there's another reason that I think that I, that my good friend missed on this which is which is the media market. There are local ads that a Garrett Cole can now do in New York City. There are local ads that LeBron James can do in in Los Angeles. LeBron James went from uh, from a state that taxes him at at 
approximately 5% to a state that's going to tax him at 13%. Why would he do that? He does that because he has all these other... Whether it's the fact that that the media market can generate so much additional revenue for him in doing local ads. Okay? I'm sorry, Kent Herbeck. I don't think you made a whole lot of money off doing ads for Mills Fleet Farm, with all due respect to, to Mills. But, the, you know, I don't think doing ads for, uh, f- for air conditioning companies in Minnesota pays you nearly as much as doing, as doing ads for, oh gosh, I don't know, an air conditioning company in Los Angeles. Or a water softener company in San Francisco or something like that. So you are going to be much more willing to go in those markets because you can compensate through the media market in terms of endorsement money for the for the extra taxes you're going to have to pay. Minnesota can't compete with that, and I'm so sorry. That's not a function of the tax rate. That's a function of the size of your economy. Okay, are taxes hurting the state of Minnesota? Are, are hurting the Minnesota Twins? Yeah, but I don't feel too bad for them. That stadium was partially paid for by state revenue, so you know, live live by the taxes, die by the taxes. Feel the same thing about the Vikings and U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, you at you know. If you had to pay, if you had to pay uh, Kirk Cousins an extra five million to cover his tax bill, he's got to pay to the state of Minnesota. It's fine. By the way, football—it's very different because they only play like ten games here in Minnesota. There's only ten game checks here in Minnesota. If he lives in a no-tax state and they pay him a signing bonus that's independent of whether or not they cut him or not, he gets taxed at the state he lives lives in off-season. That's why a lot of these folks live down south, because most of the southern states don't have income taxes. They live there so that the signing bonuses don't get, don't, get, don't get taxed. And trust me, they all have agents and accountants that are giving them that information. But I, I, you know, I agree. I agree taxes are hurting them. But I think it's, I, I'm sorry, if I can make money in New York City advertising for, uh, I, uh, oh gosh, what's the big sporting goods stores that are in New York City? In New York? In New York, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've forgotten, but, but, but you get my point. If you can advertise for a sporting goods store in New York City, you're going to make a ton more endorsement revenue than you would in advertising for one here in Minnesota. That's just how it is. And that's always going to be the way. And yes, taxes matter, but taxes in the other states can you can compensate for off the endorsement money. And I contend that's that's what's doing it. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before. 
at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Hi, this is Scott from the Kingdom Builders. I had the privilege of living in Central Asia for a number of years, and the word for roof is krisha, and it has a meaning more than just the roof over your heads, but it has an understanding of physical protection. Who is your roof? Who is your protection? It also means someone watching out for you or over you. Here at the Kingdom Builders, we want to be providing a quality product, a quality roof for your family or for your business. But more important than that is to communicate that the Lord Jesus is our ultimate protection. He is the one that has paid the penalty for our sins so that we might know eternal life in him. So if we at the Kingdom Builders can provide for you a Krisha, a roof for your home, or share with you more about our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our ultimate covering and protection, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or visit us on the web at thekingdombuilders.net. That's thekingdombuilders.net. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Welcome back, King Banyan Show Business 1440. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for listening. Your second hour. Reasons to be thankful this season, to be grateful, and for the idea that Despite how you might think of what happened over the last week, this decade might be the best decade ever. And I don't even care if you think the decade ends in at the end of 2020. I just don't care. Okay? I'm not paying any attention to that conversation. If you want to talk about it, you're going to have to call. 651-289-4477. Not responding any further on, not responding on Twitter to that nonsense. We're done with that. I want you to think about this. A, all right, a football player calls his tax accountant he makes let's say he makes about mm, 30 let's say he makes about 10 million dollars a year he works 170 days of the year and has has the rest of his year off so he works about nine months a year they get they get scheduled for for vacation time that player's coming up on a bye week and let's say that player plays here in minnesota if that player goes to Cal, if that player goes to Florida, where there is no state income tax, and receives the check, and and say goes to some place to work out, so he can claim that he's in fact still engaged in training, still engaged in his work, he's just saved himself about twenty thousand dollars in taxes. Okay, every day. That Des Bryant on a $13 million contract, this is from a Sports Illustrated piece, every day Des Bryant uh, spent in, uh, spent, in uh, 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 spent in California at training camp because the Cowboys, when he, we played for them, trained in Oxnard rather than down in Texas because the weather in Oxnard's better. But it was costing him $10,000 a day in extra taxes to the state of, state of California. Have you ever thought about that before? I had it, but it's a it's a it's a really interesting, really interesting point to me, um, and and I just I just wanted to highlight that as well. It's the uh, it's the Christmas season, and and a, a few a few thoughts I'll I'll stick in here before we do the next hour, where we're going to do sort of an hour's thinking about um, thinking about uh, the the great. 20 the the great 2010s i don't know you want to call them the 10s want to call them the teens i'm not i'm not sure i had this argument my 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 family is hard to buy christmas gifts for that's why i love having a five-year-old grandchild that's he's easy okay 
And so I've always we we always put onto our show around this time this very famous uh, paper by a fellow named Joel, Joel Walfogo done, done now maybe um, maybe more than fifteen years ago titled "The Deadweight Cost of Christmas." Economists love to talk about this paper because what it suggests is this: I go out and buy something. So I had someone give me a gift. Um, actually, and I'll, let me use a different example. People we've met over the last few months who are visiting St. Cloud State for internet, from an international campus. We've had them to dinner a couple of times. We, we, we've become friends. Uh, the husband and I are actually writing a paper together on the Federal Reserve and, and the central bank of his country. Uh, and we are, and, and so they wanted to give my wife a gift a a christmas gift they bought her uh, they bought her a hat the moment i saw it i'm like oh my gosh have they you know because my wife doesn't wear hats she has she has beautiful hair i i'm biased but yeah i'm going to say she has beautiful hair and her beautiful hair should not be covered by a hat she says that people would say well what about when it's cold out? I'm like, no, she, that that doesn't matter. She'd rather, first of all, there's enough hair there to cover her ears, and second of all, even if her ears did get cold, that would not be a sufficient reason to cover her hair. She wants to be warm. I mean, she wants her hair to be flowing and long, and it'll be she'll be warm enough. Don't worry about that. My my the the point of the Walt Fogel article is. If on average, if I go out and buy, let's say Wyatt, who I don't know well, right? I don't really know Wyatt. If I go out and buy Wyatt a gift, and I spend ten dollars on this gift, on average, people like Wyatt would value the gift at about seven dollars. Meaning that if I was to give him eight dollars of cash, he'd be better off than the ten dollar gift. Me, which would make you think as an economist I'd like okay so I can save two bucks and he's a buck better off why don't we do this more often well the reason is of course we want to demonstrate how much we know about our friends we want to, want to do that I say don't fall into the trap think about your friends think about what they would want and try to make a good faith effort to give them something that they would value and I think that would end up that will end up doing better so don't I like to have you think like an economist many times, but in the case of Christmas, nah, don't do that. Think it out. Get him, get him a nice gift. I'll be dropping a gift off for, for, for friends real soon, and I hope you will too. Back after this, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real, natural-looking hair back permanently. They're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. You wash it. You cut it. It's your own real, naturally growing hair. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text SAVE11 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-11 to 85850. This is Lon He Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. It's not something that gets a lot of attention from the media, but the regulatory reforms undertaken by the Trump administration have been critical to keeping the American economy strong. President Trump has led efforts to roll back red tape by cutting over eight regulations for every new one that's been put in place. This action alone will save American households an estimated $3,100 each year. Federal bureaucracies have too often abused their power to impose unreasonable burdens on Americans. In 2014, for example, the EPA wanted to impose $20 million in fines on a family that built an environmentally friendly pond for their horses. President Trump is bringing more transparency and accountability where it's badly needed. 
Now the Trump administration is working with states and local governments to cut regulations and costs and harmonize regulations at different levels of government. This will lead to even more cost savings and a stronger economy for the American people. I'm Lon Hee Chan. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. I'm Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AF Reserve.